So you're careful about capitalization and refinancing. Because if you finance 95% of a building in five-year term, you're going to be like 86% finance and there was almost no cash flow and you can't refinance on a normal program because, well, first of all, if you go in affordability, it's 10 years, the rent, so you can't change it. But if you want to increase the rents of the other units and refinance, you're already 85 or 86% of the value. So you can't get out of the program. So you could be stuck in a loop where you just do affordability over and over again, because there's just not enough capitalization. So be careful if you're starting in real estate, that can be very appealing but you can do a bit of it, but you need to keep regular real estate as well because you're not going to be able to capitalize on that. So you're going to be stuck in this loop of affordability. Welcome to the Real Estate Investors Club podcast. What's the real power of leverage? People think real estate is all about leveraging capital. Money is important, but what about the decisions we make? The things we do and don't do determine our success as investors. Choices and actions create success. Before we get to the bank, we make choices guided by mindset and by the things we do and don't know. If we want to succeed as investors, we need to leverage knowledge. We need to increase what we know so our actions pay bigger dividends. Join host Terry Schauer and Jean-Philippe Claude for conversations with leading experts in the real estate field. From mortgages to mindset, and from macroeconomics to local market trends. Grow your knowledge capital with us. Welcome to the Real Estate Investors Club podcast, where we seek advice to help us make better investing decisions. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Real Estate Investors Club podcast with JP. How are you doing, man? Hey, awesome, Axel. Good to see you. I can't wait for these little interviews. They're so exciting. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun because we all get to hear kind of what is it that you're up to? What are you thinking about? And a lot of, I would say, newer and less experienced investors. And when I say less experienced than you, you're a bit of a role model. So, and I put myself in that category. So I'm happy to get 20 minutes to know, like, what is it that you're doing these days? Role model at my scale, I got to say, I got to say I'm I'm role model for somebody else, but I got role models on the other side. So I'm happy to share. That's why I'm doing this. Honestly, I'm just happy to share my experience with everybody. And if I can motivate anybody that succeeds in real estate, that's the best thing. Actually, I've been teaching real estate for now five years. And I can say now that if somebody that is starting in real estate is calling me to say I did my first deal, I'm more happy than for myself doing X number of deals in yeah. the year so that's that's yeah it. and that's part of the value that you bring that the club brings and that education in general helps us and enables us to actually like jump start and start investing so let's get into it today so in the last few weeks you told us that you've had a very good end of 2021 did a lot of transactions and that now you kind of wanted to slow down a little bit and stabilize some of the acquisitions that you've made so where are you at these days <laughs> I feel like just les fous qui ne change pas this day, only crazy people that doesn't change ideas. I was very cautious about the interest rate, the inflation. We know that the inflation is all over the news. It's over 5%. 
but central banks are saying it's because there's less offer because the chain is broken due to covid so interest rates are going up so if you're following the cmb which i strongly recommend that you subscribe to an email of, of first national mcap regardless and follow the cmb day by day the last time we spoke it's almost 20 points up so 0.2 percent up since uh, january already so it's increasing a lot so it's very scary at that real estate point but there's two positive things that you can see out of it and one that actually happened a, a few weeks ago first thing is that you see people going for their refinancing and just go and see the rates that are going up so i see more bigger properties being on sale because they know that probably it's going to be it's going to stabilize real estate is going to stabilize for a, a few years now and people trying to renew their mortgage and they see that the interest rate is not interesting in like it was in the years before. So they're starting thinking of selling. So that's mm -hmm. one positive thing. I'm not saying don't buy in this market. I'm just saying take into account the interest rate and buy wisely. So you need yeah. to buy with that in mind. So Jacques Lepin, founder of the club said, your profit is made at purchase. That's really important. And the second thing That's positive. It's we did a little live uh, last week about it. It's this CMHC MLI Select program, APH in French, which is really interesting in affordability, energy efficiency building, and also accessible buildings for disabled persons. So that really puts a, another oomph in the market that yeah. uh, was needed because there's a lot of investors that were scared uh, to mm -hmm. go forward. And it seems like it's really the intent of the uh, governmental organizations at this point with the program is really to kind of give it a fresh new start and to ease the financing process for new construction because we're greatly underserved in the country and we need to put more new dwellings on the markets. And the best way they can do that is to help us investors, developers with easier financing terms. So it'll be really interesting to see what happens. I have to admit, I have a few reservations on the program just because you can't refinance for five years at the end of your construction. Right now I'm in the process of structuring a deal and I'm just seeing with potential partners, like I'm not going to be able to return their capital as fast as I wish I could. So anyway, that's on my side yeah. and I'll figure it out, but I'd be happy to hear the impact that you see coming and how that impacts what you're doing now. We said in the live before, just be careful. And I, I think you're a really wise investor, obviously, Excel. So you're careful about capitalization and refinancing. Because if you finance 95% of a building, uh, let's say 50 years, in five-year term, you're going to be like 86% finance. And there was almost no cash flow because the debt coverage ratio can be as low as 1.1. So basically, you do no cash flow, no capitalization. So you're in five years and you can't refinance on a normal program because, well, first of all, if you go in affordability, it's 10 years, the rent, so you can't change it. But if you want to increase the rent of the other units and refinance, you're already 85 or 86% of the value. So you can't get out of the program. So yeah. you could be stuck in a loop where you just do affordability over and over again because there's just not enough capitalization. So I said it in the podcast before, I'm going to say it again. Be careful if you're starting in real estate, that can be very appealing, but you can do a bit of it, but you need to keep regular real estate as well because you're not going to be able to capitalize on that. So you're going to be stuck in this loop of affordability. In my case, I'm lucky enough to have a 20 or more buildings that are not on this program. So keep refinancing, but I use that as a tool, which some of the buildings that seems interesting that I can jump in and finance these buildings 
in that program, but not all of them. So be careful on that. And again, Axel, you're really wise of thinking of that because it's really appealing. I mean, 95% loan to value, 5% down, that's really appealing. And I'm not saying don't do it. I'm going to do it. I got some mentors on my side that are doing it right now and pulling a lot of money out of these buildings. So if you can take out money and reinvest in a normal building, you can play with that. It's just another tool in the toolbox. It arrives at a good time in the market because a lot of investors are worried about interest rate and inflation. And hopefully that really gives it kind of a new kick, a new push in in the market. And again, like going back to my current evaluation, I'm still running the two scenarios using the new program or going more on a conventional type of financing to be able to have a construction bridge and a refinance at the end and kind of see how that plays out and how much more capital do we need and so on and so forth. So for anyone listening, take the time, know your deal, run the numbers and run multiple scenarios, not just like one, just because you can finance almost all of it. It might not necessarily be the best thing for you in the long run. I've built a sheet on my hands and there was almost like it, it starts to having like five different scenarios where I can renovate the apartments, go full affordability, half affordability, low affordability, mm-hmm. conversion, accessibility. So I enter a deal in the spreadsheet and there's so many possibility and you need to think and run your numbers. And I got to say, CMHC, they're alone there. There is no other insurance in six units and up. There's Canada Guarantee and Genworth in the four units and less, but six units and up, it's a CMHC. And if the subscriber, and I'm not sure about the term in English, Les Suscriptar, says mm-hmm. no, that's the end of it. And we got a problem on that on the 36 units that we're trying to refinance. And they said no. So there's no other recourse. So this is something I don't like because, I mean, my hands are tied. Yeah. And, and my fate is decided by one person on the other end. If the person <laughs> says no, yeah, that's the end of and, it. And, yeah. and just to understand, for that 36 units, did they say no on what? Like, what's the background? The background of it is that we basically did a full strip. Okay, so we it's a $6.2 million building. We've put $2.5 million in renovation. And CMHC was waiving the stabilization period. So they were not asking for stabilized rent. So we presented our case with the building, but they said, yeah, we'll need to have one year of stabilization of rents because we're not going to refinance that. And they used to do it for a smaller loan. Obviously, it's a $10 million loan. So they said, we're not going to do it for a bigger loan. So that puts us like we're stuck. So we need to put a bridge and refinance in November this year which mm-hmm. we were expecting in November 2021. So yeah. that had obviously changed the project. So be careful with stabilization with CMHC. So you need to be square, stabilized, a good building for CMHC. And yeah, again, this is a part of what I don't like because if you go conventional, well, Desjardins says no, you always have like Banque Nationale, you have uh, other institution that you mm-hmm. can go to. But if yeah. the CMHC says no, they say yeah. no. Exactly. If they won't insure the loan and emit the, that certificate, like you have no certificate to take anywhere. That's it. And it yeah. makes a huge difference. I mean, in this building, I was getting 7.4 million in conventional and I was getting 10.1 with CMHC. So because I was going 40 years instead of 25, the rate, Mm -hmm. the the interest rate was lower. There was a huge difference. I don't want to go conventional. I want to go CMHC, but that's part of making business with them. That I understand from this conversation, you're quite keen on the new program and we'll see how that goes. It really starts beginning of March. That's when they start to take the applications. So we'll see what happens a couple of weeks after that. Is that going to help you to get some financing to stabilize the acquisitions that you've made at the end of 2021? 
Yeah, absolutely. There's one acquisition with the interest rate going up. We're a bit like squeeze and thinking of getting a partner, just make sure that everything was okay. But with this program, just release the pressure. So we're keeping this project 100% share. So there's no investor in this one. Obviously, we actually notarized this week as 16 units in Vaudreuil, which we're going to sell with this program. So helping fellow students Obviously, we're going to present it to our students first because it's not a building I want to keep because it's not in the area where I invest. It's where I live. I live in Vaudreuil, but that's not the area where I invest. So we're just going to buy it and flip it. And uh, also, we're looking at the 69 units in the Southwest, which we're going to play with that program as well. So I was supposed to stay low, but with the program, I said, this is now or never because you get the information and knowledge is power, like in anything. So if you know that information and use that information very quickly before the sellers know, because if the sellers know that their building fits in a certain types of financing, they may ask more. So I was just like, I'm going to use that program and jump in right away. Mm-hmm. And by the way, the program is opening on March 7th. There's going to be a lot of questions answered. There's going to be a lot of what if this, what if that. And there's going to be jurisprudence also on different yeah. cases. So I'm pretty excited to see this. Mm-hmm. And it will be interesting to see at what speed they're able to process that. And then at what speed the actual lenders, the banks, yeah. are going to be able to take it and then actually go to first déboursé and mm-hmm. so on and so forth. And notary also. Yeah. What happened yeah. is that the CMHC was such a bottleneck in 2021. It was like three months delay to get a loan. So it's crazy long. And then they created a new program. They're just like more efficient. And it, it went from three months to one week. <laughs> it's wow. that much. Like I send a file, I think like on December 20th and on January 6th, I had my authorization. It was that fast. Between Christmas and the new year, I got a call with few questions and I got my certificate beginning of January. That was crazy fast. Yeah. But the problem is now that was a, such a bottleneck and then the bottleneck goes to the lenders and then the lenders goes to the notary. So it's just like a huge dam that just yeah. opened and flooded the yeah. market. Continuing on the new program, you know, you're buying properties that are much bigger than the average investor out there. And I'm thinking like the small investor who's buying a triplex or, you know, a sixplex or something like that. How could that impact them in terms of easing the acquisition and the renovation? Because what I hear from a lot of people in in the coaching program is like, how do you finance this? I mean, the financing is not going to change that much because I don't recommend going straightforward with that program, but it helps getting a exit strategy. So let's say you're buying a building and you want to negotiate with tenants departure because you want to renovate the units. It's always a huge uncertainty Mm -hmm. because you never know how much people are going to leave. So let's say you negotiate and always negotiate win-win. I always say this. Okay. So win-win situation with the tenants. So you negotiate and you say 50% of tenants accepted to leave the premises for compensation. So you do the renovation of these 50 units. Before that, this could jeopardize your financing at the end because there's not enough units empty to get a good revenue out of the building. In that case, you get always like in the YouTube box saying, well, maybe I'm going to go MLI select with this building and I'm mm-hmm. going to keep the other units affordable and I'm going to go with the other units. So that's a huge plus for uncertainty 
of renovating unit. But the initial financing, you can, but it's going to be hard to find buildings that you can go financing. And remember, it's a trap because if the CMHC gives you 50 years for amortization, you need to have an appraiser's report for 24 units or less. You need to have an appraiser's report that says that the building is good for 50 years. That's going to be hard to have because buildings lifespan, especially Mm -hmm. Montreal, they're quite old. So that's going to be a tricky part. So I don't recommend going with it at the start, but at the takeout, it adds up some flexibility. That's mm-hmm. how I see it. Okay, makes sense. And just trying to you know reframe it for other investors and how they can start to take advantage of that program. So the next coaching is starts on uh, March 26th. Yep. If anyone is interested in joining, you still have a little bit of space open? I do, but it's 25. It's in person Yay. and on Zoom. Yeah, okay. exactly. So two things, like it's almost two years since we had a coaching in person. So it's going to start March 26th. If you can't attend, there's going to be recording. It's going to be also on Zoom, live stream on Zoom. So I'm going to have my little microphone here that's going to clip so you can follow from home. And it's also the first coaching since two years that's going to be on Saturdays also. So if you've been waiting for Saturday's classes, it's there. So basically, it's a 10 class. It's going to be held until October. So it's one or two a month. We're going to pause in, in the summer. And in the English coaching, what I like is that we go in the field. So there's one day where we go visit. So if I have actual property going in renovation, we go see these properties. We go also with an agent seeing empty properties and we make offer to purchase at the end. So we push that yeah. little bump that yeah. you need to have to sign that promise to purchase. So that's mm-hmm. that's a pretty cool program. Like I said, I've been teaching this program for a lot of years. Yeah, it's really great to actually have some time on site and to push to make offers. We had uh, kind of done the same thing with Dave yeah. and it is really motivator. And so many people say like, oh, I want to invest in real estate and I've been looking at it for three years and it's like, I've never pulled the trigger. It's like, well, how many offers have you made? Oh, none. I'm scared. And it's like, okay, well, look, at some point you got to start and anyone interested, invest in yourself. First thing, go reach out to the club and get some information about the uh, next cohort starting at the end of March. Hopefully you can be there. And by this summer, you can buy your first deal. Exactly. Absolutely. You say not making an offer. My favorite comparison to this is a hockey player. He's pushing the puck. He's making passes. He study everything about hockey, but he yeah. never takes a shot. A shot. Exactly. So it's a hundred percent failure. It's like a hundred percent chance of failure because you're not going to take a shot. If you take a shot, you may miss the net. The goaltender may stop it, but eventually one will go through. So promise yeah. bridges are shots to the net. If you don't shoot, you're not going to score. And if I push a little further on that to avoid procrastination, because I'm a master of procrastination, I'm, I'm the <laughs> best at this, I'm the best. If you procrastinate and you want to invest in real estate, what I suggest is you make yourself a commitment weekly to make one promise to purchase weekly. So that's 50 promises to purchase in a year, more or less. And you say, oh, I'm going to force myself to do one promise to purchase every single week. This is going to change your real estate career i'm telling you because a promise to purchase is the center gear of everything so if you want to make a a promise to purchase you need to understand your market you need to do prospection to find the deals you need to find maybe partners also and everything will spin off so this will put pressure on you and will help you not to procrastinate too much i like the way you put it i was just thinking about it while you were describing it's true that actually writing an offer 
is the culmination of a bunch of different processes that are very high upstream, mm -hmm. but that you can't determine the price if you don't know the market and the asset class, at least a minimum, you can make mistakes, exactly. a minimum. Yeah. If, in what terms, like, hey, I wanna buy this. Okay, but like, given what conditions? Mm -hmm. So you actually have to think about that. You mm -hmm. need to do some research about the seller. And, mm -hmm. and as you said, like, it all comes together on this like six page document and you just gotta do it exactly it's a, it's the culmination of all the work and by the way i got this from the us i gotta say and they said we're not putting our objective on the number of units we're gonna buy we're putting the objective in the number of promise to purchase offers yeah yes so that was very clever. And I said, wow, that's so clever. And it helped you not to procrastinate. I mean, I see this so many times. I want to buy six units in the year. That's great. And then we get coaching calls. What's going on? Yeah, I was busy at work. Uh, okay. Now I can say, did you make your promise to purchase this week? I did not. Then yeah. boom, that's like yeah. exactly on your face. And you may realize that you maybe not want that much real estate. And that's okay too. But that's going to put you in the face that if you're not committed of doing this, and five hours a week to do so, maybe you don't want it. Yeah, maybe you don't want it that bad. Exactly. But it's scary. And I remember that doing my first transaction, and I thought it was like the biggest thing because we're buying a $300,000 duplex, whereas mm -hmm. now like we would do that in our sleep with like spending That's... 20 minutes on it. Exactly. So it is, it's scary, but hey, if you don't go past your fear, you won't go far in life. Well, you know who helps you pass your fear of knowledge and coaches. That's what's going to yeah. help you. That So the coaches, I mean, I remember buying my first big property and I'm, I remember my coaching pushing me like, you want to do it or I'm going to buy it? I, I will do it. I'll yeah, do it. yeah, yeah. So it helps you <laughs> go with it with somebody that understands. And a funny story about it, the first class I've ever attended in my life in real estate was Real Estate 101, which is the first class of the coaching with Jacques Lepin. And Jacques said, I'm buying a building like I'm going to buy a carton of milk at the Depanar. And I still remember that like, whoa, that's crazy. And I'm not at this, at this level. I'm far from this level, but obviously I'm way less stressed depending on the size of the deal, but I'm way less stressed now. And you do that progression. So I'm saying you're climbing Everest at the beginning and then all the other mountains are smaller. That's yeah. how I see it. That's a very good way to put it for the end, man. Thank you very much. So JP, thank you for this time. It's always a pleasure. A few housekeeping things. Again, as we mentioned, if you are interested in finally making your first moves in real estate, join the coaching, invest in yourself. It starts March 26th, so you got to register soon. There's still a little bit of space left. We will have another one next week with uh, most likely a guest. It's still We're still determining all that. And as usual, if you think this episode can help a friend, give them confidence, inspire them, please share it and send us some feedback. It's always appreciated. We do our best to respond to all the comments. So thank you very much. JP, do you have a last word of wisdom for us? If you got some value, share some value. That's my friend Shal that's saying this. So if you got some value out of this podcast, out of this live, just share it, please. We're doing that freely, obviously. So you're getting value. Give us value by sharing and liking and subscribe. Uh, regardless, it all helps. Yeah, it always helps. All right. Well, JP, thank you very much. And uh, talk to you very soon again next week. Thanks for listening to the Real Estate Investors Club podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, remember to give us a rating, leave a comment, subscribe, and share. You can find Terry at terryshower.com. Her book, Mindful Landlord, is available on Amazon. You can also follow her on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram. JP is the president of the Real Estate Investors Club. 
You can learn more about the club's networking and educational activities on Facebook by searching for Real Estate Investors Club. Look to the show notes to find information on our guests and links to material mentioned in the episode.